episode 131. My name is Russ Shaw. This is the Ninth Commandment, Truth Be Told, Part 4. Can you hear me? Tell me your name. Richard. We're going to take care of you, Richard. I play bumper music here on the show. As always, the songs in their entirety can be downloaded on the website, asi247.org. Just click on the music tab to download them from iTunes. I don't get paid a dime for that. It's just a way to express gratitude to the artists as well as share the music. I've got to run away. I've got to get away from the pain you drive in. Sometimes I feel I've got to run away, I've got to get away from the pain you drive into the heart of me. All right, who's sick of the intro? I know. All right, I know. Uh, Heard this song almost a year ago, and I thought that will go well with the Ninth Commandment. And uh, here we are uh, a year into the Ten Commandments series on the ASI show. I know. It's been taking some time. But uh, getting through it, and it's a joy. It's been... uh, been great chatting with you all it's been awesome receiving your emails and uh going over some of this stuff with you guys and uh man i'm i just i'm honored i'm honored and humbled to speak to all of you all who are listening uh, at this point check this out here's a band a guy you probably never heard of his name is eddie kane irvine and the song is called malady there's a bumper check out A little unbelievable to fit through And I'd love to believe you I would I've been listening Have you been paying attention Or trying to think of something good to mention Give me just once With night lives Chilling in the night sky Waiting for the sun and the bright rise Gave you what you gave yourself A reliable source Before you take the truth on a crash course What are you going nowhere fast for? It's over in a flash and I'm asking Give me what you gave yourself a reliable source Before you take the truth on a crash course Spinning lies and reality Memories the melody That's gotten all of us sick Oh, just stop Stop indeed That song's called Malady That's awesome Check this out Here's the definition of malady Uh, let's see This is from dictionary.com Um any disorder or disease of the body, especially one that is chronic or deep-seated. Number two, any undesirable or disordered condition, um, semicolon social maladies, semicolon a malady of the spirit. Origin is from about the 11th century. Middle English malady, old French equivalent to being sick. It's a French word for having an illness, an ill condition. Um, 
I love that this artist also uses this for the name of the song and in the context of being a liar, of not being a truth teller. I had this malady for many years and peeling off the layers and getting down to why and just the reacting in my quick mind being able to make stuff up and come up with excuses, come up with uh, lies on the fly. Where were you? I was, boom. I mean, I just, I could lie very, very well. It's a way of not dealing with surface feelings, right? Surface issues, surface the things going on, the, the reaction. What if I tell the truth? Then what will happen? I'd rather control it and tell a lie. There's a, there's a thing with, with addicts, right? There's a thing with that addicted personality that, that wants to, that has the power to say things that people believe. Things that aren't true. And like I said before, and the biggest part of this addiction is believing lies. We believe lies. It's why we're stuck. It's the reason under the behavior that we're addicted. In the last few shows, I talked about the psychologist who was saying that, you know, we need to um, take on the validity of the truth claims that come running through us and have us feeling certain ways. And this other, a while back, I was studying and reading about not just psychology, but a pastor who said that, you know, feelings are very shallow. Feelings are a, a shallow thing. It's like waves on the beach that hit the shore and then come back out, right? And then they hit the shore on another day, another hour, and then they, they come back out. Emotions and feelings are like that, you know, these wa like waves on the beach. And it really is a day-by-day, -day, and things do change over time. The way you feel, I don't know, to use another analogy, it's kind of like... Uh, Good, put, putting good soil in the ground to to produce a good crop or to produce good fruit, not being cognitive, not being honest about our emotions, not having other people to bounce our thoughts off of, right? That immune neglect, explain that as a, in social psychology, this kind of thought that's fast, cheap, and easy. So what happens if you spend too much time alone? You don't develop a kind of way of relating an immune system that considers other people in the way you do life, right? I, mean, I think it's good to be alone, especially for artsy types. You need your alone time, time to create, time to do what you do, right? But there's also, you need to make time for other people. You need to make time to have people in your life and not lie to them, right? And, and not get all offended if somebody does take issue with some of the stuff that you say, start to press in on you a little bit. Love other people. Be honest. Be you. And, and find, you'll find, especially under a good Christian um, community, uh, you know, I'm not talking about just religious people. That's, that's a, a word I need to explain, right? Christian community. Um, Bud blood-bought believers in Christ that don't think that they're better than everybody else, right? Just to kind of clarify that. That's real Christian community, and you can be you around people. I love that song from the, the television show Cheers, you know. Um, don't you want a place to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name, and their troubles are all the same, 
right? Don't you want to go where people know you at some kind of a heart level? They know who you are and they accept you. And sadly, you know, kind of like that TV show back in the 80s, you would get more, right? You would get a better, robust, um, giving, forgiving, grace-oriented um, kind of community in a bar more than you would a, a church, sadly, especially back in the 80s. I, I don't know. It's just the, the, I don't know how anybody got saved in the 80s, right? Everybody found Jesus in the 80s, just wrought with religion, um, and a lot of that, the, the new reformation is part of what I believe. And it's really going back to what Martin Luther did is putting the Bible in our hands and um, becoming biblically literate. Because really, you know, and this is another paradigm shift for a lot of people, the Bible was actually written to dispel a lot of this legalistic religion. It really was. Um, the Catholic Church, part of the Protestant movement was getting the Bible into people's hands everyone's hands and studying it and making it the ultimate authority right making God the ultimate authority not what some religious guy says or makes up because he feels a certain way right and again this is going to the theology under the psychology of what's true and what's real being a truth teller for me has taken time it's taken effort it's taken uh, facing fears a lot like jumping into a, a, a pool, right? If you don't know how to swim real well, which I don't, jumping in, just imagine jumping off a diving board into the water. You're standing there. For some of us, it's like that. Just telling the truth. Be, just being a truth teller. It does get easier over time, but it may be that scary for you. It was for me. I still shudder sometimes just to, to live in the truth, to not make stuff up, because I'm pretty good at it. I'm less good at it than I used to be because, you know, just living in the truth, man, it takes time, it takes work, and it takes facing sometimes debilitating fear. It's like that doctor analogy I've talked about in the show a lot, right? You go to the doctor, you, you know, you take off your clothes, you get on the, the thing, you put on the white robe, and the doctor's going to come. Nobody likes to go to the doctor, right? But it's facing that malady of believing lies, of telling lies, and of living out a lie, right? In the last show, um, I touched on a little bit of homosexuality and how um, gay people have been hated on um, by the church, mainly by moral kind of people, not just not just that but I mean there's just people that have hated on gay people for a long time and and listen that is wrong it's part of why you know gay culture today is what it is just because of the hatred that came out of some folks towards other people and I've done this show for years and I've had people that wrote in and have had said you know said things like I'd rather talk about what we agree on than what we disagree on um, there's people that have unwanted same-sex attraction issues, and, and and I've you know had them talk to other folks and sent them to other people. Um, I do understand some of it, uh, but another group of folks that have emailed me are 
folks who are would consider themselves homosexual in their identity and then they say I'm stuck in this promiscuous behavior I can't stop and listen I'm glad you're listening I'm glad both camps are listening um, the people that judge me are the people that are saying um, well you know you're condemning homosexuals uh, honestly the Bible's going to talk about sin and the Bible's going to talk about condemnation um, it's going to say that those of us who are in Christ are not condemned, but we still have to deal with our sin, right? Repentance of sin is like that. So listen, it, it, it's unwanted same-sex attraction. If you, are, if you are in there, if you are suffering from that, that unwanted same-sex attraction, I'm glad you're listening. That is good. That is repentance of sin according to the scriptures. And listen, if you look at that and you're judging me for saying that, or you're judging scripture for saying that, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to take a step back and think about this, because I'm not trying to shame you. I'm not trying to guilt you. I'm not driven by guilt. Guilt was the last thing that helped me in my recovery from this addiction, from this compulsive sexual behavior. Guilt did not help at all. Guilting me, making me feel bad about what I just did was just more gasoline on the fire of who I thought I was, right? And just staying in that identity of dirty little sinner. No, that did not help me at all godly um, repentance or as 2nd Corinthians 7 says right godly sorrow godly regret is building this relationship with God and then wanting to be in relationship with him be loving towards him wanting to grow in that love towards God and realizing that I have, may have disappointed him I have disappointed him but you know, but he's not disappointed, right? That's our Father. He loves us that much. Loving Him is is doing the commandments, right? It's, it's loving, it's obedience or discipleship. It's pressing in towards Him. It's putting my face towards God and my back to sin. So those of you who struggle with same-sex attraction, and those of you who struggle, who maybe consider yourself homosexual, um, and you struggle with the behavior, right? You struggle with this compulsive sexual behavior. You can't be true to your mate or whatever. Um, I'm just going to challenge you that what if the fact that the Bible calls homosexuality in and of itself sin, what if that's the good news? And I know I've talked about that before. But listen, what if your identity being, I'm a homosexual or I'm gay, what if that's not true at a root level? It may be true in your behavior. It may be true in your desires. But what if that's not your root identity? And listen, don't judge me. Don't get pissed off at me. I'm, I pray that you just understand that I'm approaching you as another person, another human being who loves you. And I'm just asking you to just consider that maybe you believe a lie. God is love, right? I understand what it means to have desires overtake you and, and be attached to your identity and you feel like that is who you are. I know how that feels. I know how it feels not to be able to be true. Men are born with a certain bent towards promiscuity. That's just true. If I'm to embrace this, I was just born this way attitude, 
That's devastating. And listen, as I as I say this, I realize that anger may be welling up in, in some of you. Um, when it comes to identity, this is the same critique I would give. The guy who says, right, I have a gay pastor, right? I would give the same critique to the guy who has the prosperity pastor. Because you want to talk about anger welling up in you. I was told from a little boy and growing up and, and this whole identity of works-based, I'm going to provide for my family. That's a very good thing, by the way, right? It's good to, to work hard. It's good to provide for your family. But there's also this identity that's so tied on the surface level that because you're provider, right? That becomes your job title. And men, especially in this culture, we get this, you know, well, I bring home the bacon, right? I pay the bills. I mean, that's my identity. Just leave me alone. I get home. I'm tired. Um, that's who I am. I provide. And there's so many pastors and preachers who will teach this. Because, listen, both sides of the coin, whether it's you know, the homosexuality argument or the prosperity argument, both guys are going to say, well, God wants to give you the desire of your heart. I've heard this taught and promulgated from both of these crowds. It's really just basing an identity on a surface level or not a deep enough level identity. That's not what Jesus is talking about. It actually comes from the Psalms. It's Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desire of your heart. You know, and we learn these things, and we get stuff ingrained in our identity. And the guy who works his butt off, right? The guy who's hardworking in Taipei, and he builds this whole identity based on, uh, I'm this man who works hard and provides and, and gets the big home and the big car and the big toys, and in our culture today, we're seeing a lot of that stuff stripped away. I mean, a lot of people have lost their homes. A lot of men, you know, I mean, this is a big deal for men especially. Their identity gets tied to what they can do, right? What kind of stuff they can buy. What kind of vacations they can take. And what kind of toys they have for their, I mean, their whole, you know, family. I mean, your your identity, your value comes from what kind of junk you can buy and what kind of trips you can take. Not based on your heart. And your wife and your kids may be seeing you on a deeper level. Seeing you struggle. And that's good. And for the guy who struggles with same-sex attraction, you know, I mean, there's so much just jacked up things we're taught in the culture. Um, from sexual abuse that happens when we're young to, you know, the, the, the pain of sexual assault and the identity tying to it and the shame involved. So you don't want to talk about it. You just believe that that's who you are. And I know that it not everybody's been sexually abused who struggles with same-sex attraction. I know that. I know a large percentage of you have been. But there's also these, these attitudes and lies that were taught that, oh, well, if you're the artistic kid, then you must be gay. Like, if you like shoes or fashion or even music, you know, if you have a bent towards the female side, grew up with a single mom, I, I don't know. But, you know, people just start to label you as gay. And if you don't have a good heart, guard on your heart, you understand the third deep layer of who you are, we can believe those kinds of lies. And we just walk through our lives defending who we are because we believe that that's who I am. I'm the worker guy. 
right? I was just talking to a friend of mine, you know, being a workaholic is the most socially accepted addiction in our culture. Neglect your family and work all the time? Yeah, come on, buddy. You know, you'll get the raise. You'll get the promotion. You'll get the kudos at church, even. I, mean, I, I pray that healthy pastors and healthy church leadership will look at the guy that works really hard in church and say, Hey, um, how's your family doing? <laughs> right? I mean, that's important. The false identity of I must produce. I must do something. I must, you know, achieve. Right? What if the God of the universe, who created everything, who created a star burning 60 million light years away, who created the mountains, who created you, who loves you and delights in you, what if he just wants you to just be? What if we stop believing the lie? I'm just your friend here online, man. I love you guys. I really do. That's why I do this thing. And I'm looking out for you. I want good for you. And I'm here to ask you, who are you? Man, who are you? At the core of who you are, who are you? Why do people commit suicide? Because their identity is not rooted deep enough. It's one of the biggest things, the biggest lies we believe. that When our world comes crashing down... We defend this identity. And I've talked to so many people over the years who've been exposed, right? Who got, right, outed um, out of the closet. <laughs> it's more the deeper than that. Busted. I mean, this Anthony Weiner case that just happened with the senator who's exposed and tried to cover up his lie and then he got exposed and then he apologized for it and tried to pretend like everything's going to be fine because he said he's sorry. He resigned. I mean, he's, he got fired, basically. But he had to, hey, all right, I resigned. There is consequences for who we are. I'll, um, I'll challenge you with another film metaphor. Uh, check this out. Who is Evelyn Salt? Today, a Russian agent will travel to New York City to kill the president. This agent is KA-12. The KA program is a myth. Scan says he's truthful. This guy's selling smoke. Wrap it up, Ev. Don't you want to know the name? You're good. You can tell the rest of your story to one of my colleagues. The name of the agent is Evelyn Salt. My name is Evelyn Salt. Then you are a Russian spy. Where'd she go? What are you doing there? What are you doing? This doesn't look good. I'm not a Russian spy. Love that film, um, when we're busted, right? She said, I'm not a Russian spy. Um, throughout the film, as the film unfolds, as the story unfolds, this person, Evelyn Salt, starts to get exposed, who she is. The whole story starts to follow this person, and you, the, the dissidence that is put out there is... Who is she? That's the whole film. Director Philip Noyce does a good job of unfolding the story and exposing, showing us this person. And through the course of the film, it's kind of like those those different layers, right? Getting to the bottom of who this person is, what they're motivated by, right? Being driven by love or being driven by the lies that she believed growing up. Very, very deeply ingrained lies that were 
put into her as a little girl, as a, as a young kid, right? Shoved into you. We start to see these things. And, and as the story unfolds, what is she going to be driven by? That's the, the major question that's in this film. I don't want to give it away for you if you haven't seen it. Um, it's a kind of a spy movie, right? It, I, it's what I like about it. It's rated PG-13. And what I really enjoyed about the film is it the dissidence it also creates in the human heart. If we really look at the film and, and look at the the plot and the storyline and and put it against our lives, what are we defined by? What is morality or ethics? Uh, another part of this film that I enjoyed is the the way that you know she's going through the these things and and the part of the christian theology being um delayed sanctification as we're pressing on towards the goal as we're trying to understand god as we're trying to build that relationship with with jesus and through me and my my story i mean i really had i struggled there was failures there was times where you know challenging what i'm about right the 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 stuff I had to move through, situations I had to go through to figure out and discover what I was actually driven by. Some very familiar themes in this film, and and that's why I enjoyed it. Who are you? You know, it challenges those labels that we stick on ourselves, like uh, straight, gay, um, hard worker. I'm, um, you know, your job title. Um, white, black, middle class, upper middle, I mean, what if these labels just don't go deep enough to define who we really are? And what if some of those labels that we think are deep are a lie as well? Maybe it's all who she says she is. Maybe it's your department. Mine is catching her so we can find out. It can make you crazy if you don't realize that there's two sides to this war, right? The side that's trying to catch you in the lie. The side that has you analyzing the things that come out of you and it's saying, is that really who you are? If we don't realize that there is truth on one hand and lies on the other, man, it just makes life real foggy. And listen, I've heard people say for years, you know, you need to leave the past in the past and move on to the future. And yeah, I agree. But we also have to address those voices that come from the past that start to define who we are. Voices that challenge our very identity. Um, I had somebody that I trusted that would say, uh, you got to look out for number one, right? Is that true? Is that a voice that you should listen to? This person saying, you know what, look out for number one because you're the only one ultimately that's going to take care of you. Is that, a, is that a voice to listen to? Is that true? No, that's narcissism. It's distrust. But it's one of those defining kind of um, so-called truths that we can attach to our identity. Deeper, darker, um, I was told at a very young age, growing up, very impressionable, you want to talk about tainted love, the voice of my abuser telling me who I am, gross shit this guy would tell me, I know how bad you want my dick in your mouth, I know how bad you want your hard little penis stroked, you sick little freak, I know you, 
I'll give you proper acceptance, right? I know your dirty little secret. I, I accept you, even though you're a sick little freak, this guy would tell me. He was very good at keeping me quiet. I'll show you belonging. I'll give you your your dignity by the fact that I accept you, and if everybody else knew who you really are, they wouldn't accept you. Sick things this guy told me. Sick things that replayed over and over again in my mind, defining who I was. It took me years to dig in that deep and find out my real self-image, right? Who I really am, despite the lies I was taught. And I really want to stir up that dissidence in your heart. I really want you to press into God and to really ask these kinds of questions. And I, you know, just like the spy movie genre, man, you're going to have to be stronger. You're going to have to be a little stronger in pressing in to your, don't get lazy. Check this out. This is Hebrews uh, 2. Uh, verse 1, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. Verse 2, for since the message spoken through the angels was blinding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore how great a salvation, this salvation which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him? That the message of the gospel colliding with who we are, and for me, it was waking up, not letting myself just drift, right, into just comfort is this horrible thing in our way, right, a mountain in the way of, of recovery, of real life. Um, pressing in and understanding and asking and revealing and having God show us and help us and guide us towards who we're going to be. Because tomorrow... Is, isn't written yet, right? It's an empty page. Yesterday is gone. Yesterday is in the delete, right, can. Never to be retrieved again. Tomorrow is, is out there. Who you're going to be tomorrow is the message that this, this film creates and that I want to stir up in your heart right now. And being a little stronger is pressing in to not stay adrift and to really see and be shown what you have received as the gift of salvation. And who are you? And what does it mean to be driven by love? I'm going to leave you with a song. Um, by a band called Love Like Gravity. I love this band. Um, my name is Russ Shaw. Again, my contact information is on the website, asi247.org. Um, quickest way to get a hold of me, get in touch with me, if you choose to do that, uh, I encourage you to do that. It's russ at asi247.org if you have any questions. Um, if you'd like to leave a donation, keep this thing on the air. Keep me having the time to, to put in to do this, man. I'm self-employed, and I do struggle with that. I had a season in my life where this 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 thing became an addiction, right? Doing this podcast, there were so many people emailing, so many folks that I th thought needed me, needed my help so badly, and then I had to set it aside, and I had to put some real boundaries on this thing. So I do it in the mornings, Monday through Friday, and 
that doesn't give me a whole lot of time. I do have a job where I can devote more time to this, but then that costs money. I mean, ultimately, it costs money to do this. I am blessed in the fact that I, I can donate and give more time to this. I, I don't have to be at my job every single day. But again, it costs money because I still have to pay the bills, right? I still have to provide for my family. So that is the, I mean, it's very little money to keep this thing online, about 25, 26, 27, something like that, dollars a month. But, right, the time that I'm allowed to do it is, is dwindling <laughs> as things get busier. And as I realize my own and repent of my own kind of performance-based identity. I want to make more videos. I want to help more people. I want to show more of what it takes to actually beat this thing for real. But that takes time. And uh, more than money, more than donations, I, I pray that you pray for me. Pray that I can uh, keep pressing in. Pray that I don't believe lies myself. Pray that I can effectively communicate this message. Pray that I don't believe this anxious lie that it's 100% up to me to fulfill this calling. So that's one of those things I hear, you know. And the cool thing about, you know, the blood-bought Christians that listen, um, and not having a, a book that I'm trying to sell or some program that I'm trying to sell. Um, I heard a, a guy say this uh, quoting an old preacher from, you know, the 1800s or something like that, talking about how it's the it's blood-bought Christians who realize the grace they've been given that give in order so the rest of the world can hear it for free. I love that. It's true. Because, listen, I don't want you to follow me as much as I want you to follow Jesus Christ. He is real. He does love you. I'm just a man. Yes, I'm on a journey. It may not be your journey. We may be different. We are two different people. Um, follow Jesus, all right? That's the message of this podcast. So if you haven't really made that big decision to um, trust in God, to put your your strength over here and, and ask him for his right to, to love him to build this relationship with him to run to him like Abba Father to just make that decision that he's God he's your loving gracious slow to anger um, bounding a steadfast love realizing that that's true and coming to knowledge of the truth in him right I pray you do. I pray you realize it's real. And honestly, if you're not a Christian, I, I don't want your money. I want to continue to give this thing to you for free. And I want to plead with the Christians to continue to give. But what I will ask of you is not to run and hide. And, and if, you, if there's anything, that any questions you have, I pray that you challenge me with those. And don't just quit or give up or judge me or, you know, some of that dissidence answered, right? Those questions answered. Don't just solve it yourself like the fox and the grapes. It's going to take some going to war with yourself 
And if there's any weapons, I mean, the Bible talks about being this two-edged sword that cuts deeply through the flesh and to the bones and the marrow of my own motivations. Gets down to the malady, you know, that's taken root in the heart and infected the soul. So opening up the, the ammunition box of scripture... Here's some things on strength, reaching for strength, asking God for strength, and realizing that he's there to give it. Because we're going to need strength, man. It's going to take strength to get through this, this epic journey from sexual addiction or sexual bondage to sexual integrity. And listen, if you want to go to the website, I have a lot of different Bible studies right there on the website, asi247.org. Um, you click on the Faith tab, and there's a, a bunch of different studies that I've written and done on issues of faith, issues of um, struggling with temptation and uh, stubborn sexual sin and things of this nature, uh, overcoming uh, things to encourage, right? Um, check this out. Psalm 22:19. It is God who arms me with strengths and makes my ways perfect. But you, O Lord, be not far. O oh, my strength, come quickly to help me. That's Psalm 22, 19. Psalm 28, 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy, and I will give thanks to him in song. Psalm 28, 8. The Lord is the strength of his people, a fortress of salvation for the anointed one. Psalm 29, 11, the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Psalm 105, verse 4, look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Psalm 118, verse 14, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Psalm 119, verse 28, My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. And listen, I could go on and on. This is from Psalms. There's tons of, of the Bible will give you, ask God, pray to God, ask him, open the scripture and listen. All right? This is relationship. This is building relationship with your Father in heaven. Until next time, I love every single one of you guys. I mean that sincerely. All of the bumpers, uh, the songs in their entirety can be downloaded on the website, asi247.org. Don't be afraid to ask the question, who am I? What am I invested in? Where is my heart at? And more importantly, don't ever, ever, ever quit. Your enemy sizes you up like you're easy to subdue. Like you're a cinch to take over. This is love like gravity. The song's called Stronger. Bye.